0: We're just finishing up a series of lessons on the revelation of God. And the revelation of God is that. It's just something that God can and will reveal to those people who are hungry and thirsty and really are seeking Him. Now that's not me being the judge, that's God that determines this in Jesus' name. And so He will send out all kinds of reminders of this. One of the reminders that God will send to us on a regular basis is something called godly sorrow. God will show you or help you to feel how He feels about certain things. And if you'll heed to that, what that'll do is usually that'll send you to a place called repentance. And repentance isn't just being sorry. Repentance is saying, you know God, we need to change this. We need to do something here that that will help me not to just be a repeat offender that I can really get the deliverance power of God in Jesus' name. And I have spent the last 45, maybe 46 years involved in that type of process. Now, I'm not perfect. I am not. And I'm not making excuses. I'm just saying it gives me something to do every day. It really does. And so I occupy myself every day with that type of a system in Jesus' name. And so we've talked about being commissioned by God. Remember that? The privilege of a relationship with God is that He'll ask you to do something. And you know what the reward of that is? Very simple. He'll ask you to do it again. Yeah, if you obey Him, God will ask you to do something else. Awesome. And so a lot of times people ask me, well, how come God doesn't ask me anything else? Well, I don't know that for complete sure, but I think maybe it could have to do with maybe you haven't completed the task yet. So consider that, you know. And then we talked about the privilege of having a relationship with that revelatory God. We get deeper with Him. He shows us things. That's what He does. And He's good at that. My goodness, He can show us things in the name of Jesus. And then, uh, I think it was two weeks ago, we talked about the I Am. Remember when in Moses, in the Old Testament, who am I going to tell you? The people that you're sending. You know, who was sending me? And he said, tell him that I am. And of course we, we discovered, or maybe you didn't discover it for the first time, but in the New Testament, that's what Jesus was big on. He was identifying himself as the I am. You know, eight times, more than that probably, but at least eight times in the, in the, in the Gospel of John, that was recorded. And I believe it was recorded on purpose in Jesus' name. Um, we actually even touched on the Christmas um, uh, message a little bit. And I won't go into that. But tonight we're going to talk about the throne and he who sits on the throne. And so this is something we want to do. Throughout history, we've always had this, this issue of who's going to be on the throne and all that kind of business. And poli- the political world goes absolutely chaotic with this. They just do. And that's why we have to be careful that we don't get too politically minded. I'm not asking you not to have any political views. That's your privilege. But boy, don't get too caught up in that because what you'll end up doing is becoming political. And the Bible says where there is, I think it's where there are um, uh, envy and strife in the book of James, there's confusion in every um, evil work. Well that word strife, if you look that up in the Greek, that actually means to, politi- to um, um, uh, electioneer or to vie for an office. That's why we have to be very careful about that kind of thing. And our country's full of that kind of stuff, folks. Everybody wants a position. And I'm not here to say yea or nay about that. I'm just saying that, you know, um, let's, let's just make up our minds every day we're gonna live for God. We're gonna let Him be the King of kings and Lord of lords in Jesus' name. Hey, if you could go anywhere in history right now and you could um, sit down with a king, a king, I'm talking about somebody who's really, really in charge, who would that be real quick here? Got a king, a favorite king in history. David. David, oh man, that's a good one. I'd like to see David. I'd have talked to him too. I would too. How about over here? What do you guys think? Solomon, Solomon. He, had a, he had a wisdom, didn't he? You got a king, favorite king? Oh, that's too long. We don't hesitate that long in this class. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. How about you guys? King, favorite kings. Well, yes, I mean, that's a given. Yeah. The two big answers got taken already, huh? Yeah, that's all right, you know. Um, yeah, I'll Jehoshaphat, ask him how he got his name, huh? Yeah. And one more, king. We're talking about king. No? Okay, that's okay. I personally, you know, in today's world, because she's still alive, if they'd let me, I'd like to sit on for an hour with Queen Elizabeth. I just said a king. Well, I know. But I'm just, I have the, I have the microphone, okay? <laughs> so I can do whatever I want up here. No, I'm just kidding. But I would, I would like to sit down with her. And I'd just like to talk with her. You know, what's this all about? All this, you know, royalty and that type of thing. And it would be interesting to get that perspective, wouldn't it? It really would. You know, in history, as I told you before, we've had people that have vied for these thrones and these positions. And, and probably um, one of the places in the Scripture that we see that, um, uh, um, I mean documented, if I can put it that way, is in the book of Daniel. How many's ever read the book of Daniel? Yeah, you see that Daniel himself sat under, I think it was three or four different kings. You know, they came and went, but he came and stayed. That kind of sounds like God, doesn't it? It really does. And, you know, the Scripture tells us that, of course, God, you know, He sets them up and He takes them down. Don't ever make any mistake about that. God is in charge of this world. But in the book of Daniel, it speaks of of four different kingdoms. Remember your Search for Truth Bible studies? Yeah. And actually there were two before that. Okay, there was the Assyrian kingdom and then you had the Egyptian kingdom. Remember that one that... That um, the, guy, the, the army, a the whole army, got swallowed up in the Red Sea, you know? But um, what I'm talking about is worldwide influential kingdoms, okay? And what the book of Daniel is good at helping us to understand now, we're talking about thrones here, okay? And so I'm talking, first of all, about earthly thrones. And there have been earthly thrones throughout the history of man. It's always been somebody in charge or something like that, you know. But you had the Babylonians, okay, when Daniel was, in, was, was there. And of course, the king, can anybody tell me what the, what the uh, king's name was? Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar. And of course, the, the word that went forth was, yours is probably the most powerful kingdom that was ever there. And, and I don't know, I can't imagine, but he must have been a very furious king. Nebuchadnezzar. But nevertheless his rule came to an end and he would, his kingdom was conquered by, does anybody know who the next kingdom was? The Persians. Yeah, the Persians. They conquered him. And you have two big players there, but probably more, but one was Cyprus and the other one was Darius. And they were kings. And of course Daniel found favor with one of them. You know, he was able to do some things. And that's why, you know, you might not be able to ever convert a king or somebody that's in power. I'm not saying that you can't. Now, God can. We know that, don't we? But I do believe one of the things we need to be very careful of is that we don't fall out of favor with them if we, if we can possibly help it. I think if we are good citizens, if we are, if we are um, good Christians and we do what God wants us to do, I believe a lot of times people who are in authority will see that. And I don't know about you, but if I was in charge, I'd want somebody that I could trust in a certain position. So think about that. It's not all us trying to duke it out with everybody in the world. You've got to understand, God's going to take care of a lot of things. Himself, angels, that type of thing. Mainly what you and I are, are, are laid ta- or with the task is to live for Him. To be a good witness. To let Him flow through us to preach the Gospel to everyone. And so let's not forget those job descriptions, okay? Sometimes we think it's our, uh, it's our job to point out everything bad in everybody's life. No, you can do that a- in a very good way by just living right. That's what you gotta and I have to consider. And so you had the Persian Empire. Does anybody know what was the next worldwide kingdom? What's that? The Greeks. The Greeks. And the Greeks, of course, had a lot of influence in the world. The Greek language was at one time a worldwide language. And of course, we still use the Greek language today. That's where the New Testament has been um, um, interpreted from. And so we use that. So the Greeks were a tremendous one. And then the last worldwide kingdom that we've seen in this world, in, in in the history of man, was what? the Roman Empire. And the Romans, of course, built roads. They were, they were a very, very expanding type of kingdom. But as I was telling our discipleship class on Sunday, that's the last worldwide kingdom that it was, was ever in place in this world. And you want to know one of the reasons why? You got it. Because the baptism of the Holy Ghost was poured out. And the church became a force on this earth and has always been a force on this earth. We are the ones, through God, that are keeping a worldwide kingdom from coming to place right now. There's been many of them that have tried Just even in our recent last 100 year history, there's been kingdoms that have tried to come up and tried to get that kind of domination and they've not been able to do it. And I believe one of the reasons is because of the church. The apostolic church is praying. The apostolic church is God's commission on this earth, praise God. And Satan will never, ever have his way as long as that's happening. Come on, you need to look in the mirror tonight and you need to understand how important you are in the kingdom of God. In fact, I believe we need to lift our hands right now and ask God to help us with that. Come on folks, we're not some little backroom organization that nobody knows about. I'm telling you something, the name of Jesus is known in this entire earth in the name of Jesus. You and I have power. You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost come upon you and you're going to be witnesses. Come on! That's what God told us we're gonna be. Mm, in the name of Jesus. My goodness. Oh, hallelujah! Man alive. I hope that gets through that veneer tonight. I really do. I hope that we can understand that. And that's why the renewing of the spirit is so important. It's because you will never understand that in your flesh. You'll never do that. You'll get afraid and you'll think you're inferior and you'll get into these pity parties and all of that kind of junk that'll just waste time. But if you'll realize you're a child of the King, praise God, you've been placed on this earth, praise God, to accomplish things through His name and His blood. And I'll tell you something, folks, we need to start taking that more serious. Can you say amen? Amen. Praise God. And so you have those four kingdoms, and prior to that there were two other worldwide kingdoms. But we understand there's going to be a seventh kingdom, don't we? Yes, there is. And that's what you read about in the book of the Revelation. You see the Antichrist is going to rise up and he's going to, he's going to have some kind of world dominance. And so you must understand that's coming. And that's a whole other subject. I'd love to get into that tonight, but I don't want to. But I want to help us to understand there's, there's been earthly kingdoms, there's been earthly thrones, and those people have come and gone. That's the thing that you will always find, praise God, that people come and go. But God comes and stays. Now, let me give you something here. Let me give you visions of God, okay? And I'm just going to give you a couple of them, okay? But you can find them in your Bible. Let me show you one here. Look at the book of Isaiah. Look at the book of Isaiah, chapter number 6. Many of Some of you might be familiar with this scripture. But Isaiah had a vision, praise God, of God. And I want you to notice what he sees. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 6 and verse number 1, it says there, It says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord. Now, this is a king that came and went. Okay? You catching it? Purposely, I grabbed this example so that you would see the difference here. Okay? And the Bible says, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple, which tells me he's a conqueror. Which tells me that he's a king that conquers things. And so you and I, that's what we need to keep our vision of, our God on the throne. I just feel like, I'm gonna stop right here and take a commercial break, okay? As a pastor, there's two areas of a person's life, or actually several, but I'm gonna mention a couple, maybe three of them, that I notice about people that in my opinion, you're not getting that that throne vision. He's not on the throne in your life. And that's when you quit praising Him. Now I'm not talking about feelings. I'm not talking about sometimes having a bad week and sometimes you come in here and it takes a little while to get started. I'm not trying to be unreasonable here. I'm talking about people who just don't want to do that anymore. In my opinion, that's when you're starting to take Jesus off the throne. If you can't lift Him up, if you can't praise Him, folks, there's something wrong. And it isn't with him. And we need to find out right away. Maybe it's because we got a bad attitude. Maybe it's because we haven't forgiven somebody. Maybe it's because we've just got too close to the world. I'm not here to be critical tonight, folks. I'm telling you, it's important, we as an apostolic church, that we keep our God on the throne in the name of Jesus. And I know I'm getting real serious here, but I feel this in the Holy Ghost that we need to take this seriously, praise God. I'm not trying to beg you to do something. I'm not trying to to be a cheerleader up here and, and lead. Now, folks, I'm talking about just letting God be on the throne. And He's a God that deserves the praise. He's a God that deserves the glory. Come on, can somebody agree with me tonight in the name of Jesus? Come on, I'm not talking about what the world does to you. I'm talking about our God has been good to us. Mm, Hallelujah! Come on, He died for you. He shed His blood for you. In the name of Jesus. Oh, hatalaboko Kabahasta In the name of Jesus. Yes. Amen. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And so watch that one. Watch that one. Come on, be a self-observer. And if you've got a problem with what worshiping and praising God, I'm not here to tell you you better or else. I'm just saying, fix it. Ask God to give you a fresh vision. And I believe just like Isaiah praised God, we can see our God high and lift it up. Amen. And this is going to make a difference. A lot of your healing will come in this dimension a lot of your fresh visions will come in this dimension I'm telling you folks this is how God does it he helps the church to be in heavenly places I'm not talking about physically I'm talking about in the spirit where you and I we can get all kinds of things from God and so really it comes down to who's gonna be on the throne of your life and so you and I we have to answer that question on a regular basis we really do okay well here let me show you one other time and look at the book of the Revelation and the book of the Revelation I've said this before and I'll say it tonight in preference um, that the book of the Revelation was not originally written to scare the daylights out of us it wasn't but it seems like that's what it does and it seems like that's all it does to most people no I read that book and I get inspired and I see God let me show you an instance for that look at the fourth chapter of the Revelation and there's obviously something different between the third and the fourth chapter. And that is in verse number one. After this I looked and behold, a door was open where? Yes. And the first voice which I heard was as it were a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither and I must shew thee things which must be hereafter. Amen. Now, prior to that, those, first, those, those prior three ver- chapters, he was showing him things that were happening right then. And still are happening in my opinion. The church is still here on the earth. It's still here. And it's still being occupied and it's still having challenges. Every one of those churches had unique challenges, but the, but the, the number one across uh, the board theme was overcome. And there's another way where I can tell when people start slipping a little bit. That's another one of those areas is when they stop becoming overcomers and they start letting things back in. I know I'm being very candid here tonight, but I believe this is of the Holy Ghost. There could be somebody online tonight that has been backslidden for years that knows they need to get back right with God. And I just gave them two ways that they can do that they can begin to worship God and give Him praise and glory and then start overcoming in the name of Jesus and don't let this you know this life begin to have something run over you in Jesus name now come on I'm not I'm not making your way any easier I'm giving you the antidote I'm telling you how God wants to do it in the name of Jesus Amen. Because he is already on the throne. He's there in Jesus' name. And so the Bible says in verse number 2, I'm still in Revelation 4, it says, and immediately I was in the Spirit and beheld... See what what he saw? Come on, he saw a throne that was set in heaven. And how many sat on that throne? Come on, there you go. That's an incredible vision, folks. Amen. And that's what you and I, that's the theme of our kingdom is that we don't have a multitude of kings. We don't have a committee. We don't elect a senate or some kind of a congress. No, we serve one God. And he's the one that's on the throne, praise God. And whatever he has to say goes in Jesus' name. And that's how we have to settle it, folks. This is not some option. This is not some best two out of three. This is what you and I have to do on a regular basis. And again, I'm not talking about a quick fix and flipping a switch and all that kind of business. It's just things that you and I must recognize in our own personal life when 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 this begins to slip a little bit that we just can't wait and say well I'll just wait until tomorrow or I'll wait you know until the end of the week or that type of thing. No, immediately get on your knees and say God forgive me. I'm just a fleshly creature that needs help in the name of Jesus and God just help me to understand what I need to do. You know what God does with that kind of behavior? He's drawn to that. I'm telling you something, humble yourself in the, under the mighty hand of God, and the Bible says He will exalt you, amen, now, I'm not talking about putting you on the throne, but I'm talking about He will lift you up, and you and I, we can remember that. Our God is a kind God, He's a loving God, He doesn't want anybody to go to hell. He doesn't, and so He will put all kinds of preventative measures in this world, and He's doing it all the time folks. I don't care how bad the devil thinks he is, he's never going to stop the movement of God. And one of the things that God assured that that would not happen is he's had his apostolic one God, Jesus' name, people in this earth ever since he took off and he went up into heaven as a man, praise God, and he poured out his spirit about seven days later, and this spirit has always, praise God, been alive and a well in Jesus' name. I'm telling you folks, you and I are a part of something that's big. We're a part of something that's great in the name of Jesus. we got to be a part of this all the time. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Uh, Read the rest of that chapter. I don't have time tonight to go into that in depth. But that is incredible, praise God. The throne room. Here, that's what you're, you're looking at right there. That is a vision of God on the throne. And so you and I must take that serious. We must understand that His throne, he who sits on the throne is God. Nobody else Okay, they're not being elected. It's not a four-year term. This is God. The same God that sat on the throne in Isaiah's time is the same God that's sitting on the throne right now. And so you and I, we can rest. We We can have confidence in that. Because He never changes. Our God never changes. Sister Carnahan. Say that again. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I believe what, what we're going to see on that throne is Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, he's the he's the visible of the invisible God. That's what the book of Hebrews tells us. And so that's what you can expect to see. I had somebody ask me that one time, just the same thing. And I said, Who are we going to see, Brother Carnahan, when we get to heaven? I said, Jesus. I said very simple. He's the visible one, praise God. And so the Spirit dwelt in Him and so we will see that. So yeah, He who sits on the throne is God, is Jesus. Also, He who sits on the throne, think about this, is the Alpha and the Omega. Amen. That's why His kingdom goes on and on and on and on. You know, we talk about the Christmas story, and the Christmas story is a good one. I mean, I think it's a great one to, to help people understand how much God really does love us. But you think about it in Isaiah. Think, Look at this. Isaiah. Let's see if I can find Isaiah in the Bible here. Yeah, it's right here. But look at chapter number 9. We've, we cited this scripture a couple of times. You guys even sang about it Christmas Eve. Right. That was powerful, by the way. We should have went for three. We should have. Yeah, we should have went for three. Yeah. I was getting some dirty looks just with two guys. So, yeah. Next time we'll go for three. <laughs> we will. Bible says, come on, Isaiah 9 and 6, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon whose shoulder? Yes. yes. And his name shall be called, what? Wonderful, Counselor, the mighty God, it says, um, (coughs) the everlasting Father and the Prince of Peace. Amen, there it is. But here, look at verse number 7. And of the increase of His government and peace, there shall be no end. So you and I, we can understand that the the kingdom of God (coughs) literally is expanding. That's what we're seeing. And that's a good thing. The Bible assured us in the book of Acts, it says in the second chapter there, it says that at the Lord would add daily to the church. And so one of the great mathematics of the church is addition. God is adding people to the church. Now I understand that fluctuates from time to time because the Bible, uh, one of the prophet, prophetic scriptures talks about the fact there's going to be a great falling away. What does that mean? That just simply means a lot of people are going to come into this. But unfortunately, they're not going to stay. I wish I could say they all would. At one time, I thought that. I thought, God, if people could just get born again, man, they got it. And I realize that's just when the battle begins. And I'm not trying to be negative, folks. You and I got to keep living for God. That's why this subject tonight is of the utmost importance. If you can keep Jesus on your throne, I'm going to tell you something you got a great, great opportunity, praise God, not only to grow in Him, but to stay in the kingdom. Can you say amen? amen. It's truth, praise God. And so here He is. God is, in, is on the throne, praise God, and we know that only one sits on the throne. That's all you ever see, praise God, when it comes to the, to the kingdom of God, is that God is the only one. And rightly so, praise God, because you and I, we would mess it up. We just would, folks. And I'm not trying to be negative, but man, I'm glad I'm not God. I thank Him regularly for that. Thank you, God, for not making me you. I'm glad you're you. You know, him and I have a little bit of fun. We just do. I mean, i will drive down the street, man, and him and I will laugh and that kind of stuff. Because He's a great God. Amen. He knows I love Him. He knows I want to be better and I want to be, do deeper things for Him. And man, once you get that kind of a relationship going, you can take a lot of pressure off. Come on, he's not just waiting for you to mess up royally so that he can make an example out of you. He's putting preventative measures in your life every day so that you can overcome those things. And so that you can become the person that he designed you to become in Jesus' name. Isn't that great? Folks, I'm telling you, that is the greatest news that we've ever heard in this side of heaven. And so we need to keep that in mind, in Jesus' name. Now along with the throne, usually when we talk about a throne, there's gotta be a temple. And listen to this. Go to the book of, um, of Matthew, chapter number 24. And you know, the same thing is true with temples as it is with thrones. There's been a lot of temples in this world. I was talking to a guy here last night, and he was, I don't know if he's trying to make his case or not, but whatever, it doesn't matter. But he's saying, Yeah, I'm in Salt Lake City, and it's really hard. You know, do you know they have two, um, uh, okay, you said it, temples? And it's the only city in the United States that has that. And I'm going, And? I mean, I wasn't trying to be smart, Alec. But so what? There's a lot of temples in this world. There's a lot of people who have built temples in this world, and you know what the the bottom line is? Those temples come and go. Let me show you what Jesus's opinion was, because that's the one that I think is the most important. Look at Matthew 24, and if you ever want to do you know a good and in-depth study of the end times, here's your chapter. And boy, I mean, I've been studying this 24 chapter of Matthew for oh man, well over 40 years, and I mean it's there's it's packed full of stuff. And it's good, but here's what I want you to see. Look at verse number 1, 24 and 1. This is Matthew. It says, And Jesus went out and departed from the temple. And it says, And his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. Do you see what they're doing? Wow, look at this architecture. Man, isn't this cool? And there's no question about it. There are, there's a lot of that stuff in the world that you and I live. But here's Jesus. And he has a way of getting right to the crux of the matter here he is he's raining on their parade so when I rain on your parade you know where I got it from because sometimes we think what we're doing is better than what he's doing and here's really what Jesus is establishing Jesus said unto them do you see all these things I can, just, I can almost picture him doing that. And then it says, Verily I say unto you, There shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. What an answer. Whoa, you talk about getting people's curiosity up. You know, that's all we have to do is take end times. Put it on the internet. Somebody here, get that ministry, okay? Put it on the internet, and I'll guarantee you that by the end of a month or two months, we'll get some curious people coming through this door especially if, you, if you'll advertise for the church. You say, man, you come to the Abundant Life Church, you know, here at 12, 16, what is our address? 1612, 1416, come, man, we got more of that kind of stuff. And you watch the curious people come through the doors. Because this stuff really gets people curious. It always has. It got me curious, okay? And so Jesus is saying, these buildings aren't gonna be here forever. And that's what we have to understand about the temples of this world. Whatever you and I are building, on the most part, is a temporary thing. And I'm not trying to, to you know, to give you negativity here. I'm just trying to put it in perspective. That's why I would be more, I, would, I, I, I try every day to be more about building up His kingdom than mine. Because His is the kingdom that's going to last forever. His is the one that's going to be here, you know, no matter what. And so you and I, we have to realize this. This is what God is trying to help us to understand. And so this has to be sort of revelatory. God has to reveal this to us from time to time. And you know something? I believe that God is doing that even here tonight in Jesus' name. I'm going to take about 10 seconds right now and we're going to pray. I want you to close your eyes and ask God to give you a vision of what you're building right now in Jesus' name. Father, in the name of Jesus, touch us here tonight, Lord. Let your kingdom, Lord God, come and your will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. Now give us this day, Lord God, our daily bread, and forgive us of our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the glory, and the power forever and ever and ever, praise God. Can we just give God praise for about five seconds? Come on, He is great! Hallelujah! Oh, hallelujah! hallelujah Praise you. the name of the hallelujah. Lord. Woo! Hallelujah. Praise God. Oh God, give us a fresh vision of that. Amen. And so we got throne, you know, the throne, the throne, which is God's throne and His only, praise God. And then we have the temple, praise God, where God dwells in. And I understand there's been a lot of things throughout the history of man that has that has um, represented that. You know, I was reading the other day about Solomon's temple, and man, that must have been a, just an absolute magnificent thing, you know, that happened. But it's not here anymore. You know, and then I don't know if you remember when Hezekiah came into power, they built another king or another temple, and it wasn't it wasn't nothing compared to what Solomon's was. In fact, you had a mixture of people who were crying and people who were rejoicing. You had the younger ones that didn't really realize the older one was gone, and then you had the older guys that were still here and they remembered. And man, they were just crying because of what it, what it was. And then what you saw here, what Jesus was making reference to, was a lot of times what historians call Herod's temple. The government built it, or funded it, is what a lot of it was. And I'm, again, I don't want to go into those waters tonight, but the bottom line is that's what you've had. You've had lots of buildings, lots of beautiful things. But you and I, we understand that there's a temple in heaven. Can I show you? Look at Revelation chapter 21. Look at this. This is what you and I have to look forward to. (laughs) Oh my goodness, do we have a lot to look forward to. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jeremy. That is an absolute beautiful picture. Jeremy's doing a wonderful job with our computer. Somebody give him a hand. Whatever we're paying him, we're going to double it. Appreciate it, bro. I really do. I appreciate people who can push the right buttons. Okay, look at verse number 1. It says, now here's John again. And again, he's getting a vision. And I believe we can do the same thing. He said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away and there was no more sea. Now this is way after, this is after the thousand year millennium period, by the way. just so you know. And then it goes on to say, And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Wow, what a scene. And then it says, And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold. Come on, this is the one we need to look for. This is the tabernacle of God. Come on, all these other ones, I'm not here to criticize them. I'm just saying, you and I, we know there's one coming that is gonna last forever, praise God. It's gonna be there when every other building in this world is completely gone in the name of Jesus. That's one of the things I'm trying to get across to you. You and I are about something that started and it's going to continue and it's going to be forever and ever and ever. The, the, you, know, the, you know His government shall go on and on and on. I can only imagine, praise God, like the song says, what it's going to be like in eternity. And man, I, I, I'm not going to write any doctrine on that. But I'm telling you, sometimes I find myself thinking about that. What's it gonna be like? What's this universe gonna be like? What's He gonna do? It's tremendous. Some of our forefathers in the 18th century, and the early 1900s, they had visions of what God was gonna do in eternity. It's tremendous, folks. I'm telling you, God is an awesome God. But the point I want to make here is here's the tabernacle that comes down from heaven. This is the one that we're interested in. And the beautiful thing is, you and I, we can get a heavenly vision. We can. Through the baptism of the Holy Ghost, God can can help us to be put in heavenly places. And I believe, I don't know, I I believe that that people can get a vision of this. And will. And will. And I'm not saying you will, I'm just saying it's there whether or not we get a vision or not. So Jesus Christ, the Almighty God, the Lamb is the temple, praise God. And I think this is why we have to be careful that we don't materialize everything. That we don't do that. That God is a spirit and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. That is a fundamental truth, folks. Now that doesn't mean that God doesn't allow us to do some things down here. I thank God for this building. I thank God for the things that He allows us to, to have so that we can worship Him in a nice, safe, you know, dry, uh, warm place. But folks, this does not hold a candle, praise God, to anything that God is is preparing to do. That's something we have to remind ourselves of. You know, there's a word in the New Testament, I was gonna preach about this the other day and I don't know, I might still do it. But there's a word in the eighth chapter of the book of, um, of Romans that I want you to see right here real quickly. The eighth chapter of the book of Romans is a chapter that's packed full of how do we walk, how do we live in the spirit? and boy, it's one that we really need to get familiar with because it's the spirit that's really gonna set the person free. Amen. And one of the most dangerous things on this earth is is a human flesh. Do you wanna know the second most dangerous thing on this earth? Anybody care to know that? It's unregenerated spirit of man. Very dangerous. Because the Spirit is from God. And if it's not regenerated with God, I'm gonna tell you something, we can come up with our own ideas, we can come up with our own ways, we can formulate our own Bibles, we can come up with our own verses that will completely agree with what we think. See folks, people must be born again. That's the only way that we're going to keep that from happening. And then after we're born again, we must continually be renewed in the spirit of our mind. We must not allow our spirit to rule without God's influence upon us. And that's why God gave us the baptism of the Holy Ghost, so that you and I could live in the spiritual realm and not sit on His throne. That's what happens to people that are not, do not have an, a regenerated spirit is they think they're good enough to be on those kind of things. And boy, we must be careful with that one, folks. We must be extremely careful. Yeah, look at Romans 8 and in verse 18. There's a word there, our word there. The third word in, what is it? Reckon. Reckon. The word literally means to compute or to contemplate. You and I must reckon. That the sufferings of this world or anything else that goes on in this world are not to be compared to what God is going to do. That's why we sometimes get into trouble and we don't get the full vision. It's because we're trying to compare what God's going to do with what's going on right now. And you need to erase that. You need to get to a place where you can clear the mechanism. Where you can come in and pray. Even if it takes you an hour to get there and you've got five minutes left, God will do more in five minutes than you and I can do in six hours. In the name of Jesus. If we can clear that mechanism and say, God, give me a pure vision of what you are doing. I'm going to tell you something, folks. We will never, ever be the same. That's what will help us. And that's what God wants to do in Jesus' name. And so the throne, uh, the temple, these are all things that you and I, God wants us to see. He wants us to understand these things to a certain degree. But we've got to see them from His perspective. We've got to see them from His vantage point. And God has made that available for you and I. Let me show you something. And I wasn't going to do this tonight, but I think it's important. Look at the book of Ephesians, chapter number 2. And let me show you something here real quickly, and and then I'll conclude this Bible study. I might go over five minutes. Is that going to be okay? Okay. Look at um, Ephesians chapter number two. Ephesians chapter number two. And let me show you something here real quick. The Bible says there in beginning in verse number one, two and one, I'm talking about Ephesians here. It says, and you hath he quickened, made alive, it says, who were dead in trespasses and sins. Read this to yourself from time to time. This will help you. He renew, He did this for us while we were dead in sins. And then the Bible says, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, it says, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. The devil can influence unregenerated spirits very easy. And he doesn't even have to hang around all day all he has to do is place a thought in there and we'll run with it and then the Bible says in verse 3 it says among whom also we all everybody say that's me everybody we all had our conversation or lifestyle in times past in the lust of our flesh fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind and were by nature the children of wrath that's even as others that's everybody all have sinned come short of the glory of God but look at verse 4 but God, nobody else, not an angel. God, it says, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherein he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened, there's that word again, quickened us together with Christ, by grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up, together to make us uh, to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And then it says, and in ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in His kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. Everything is being revealed. It's like Jesus is the prism. And the light is shining into that prism. And whatever is coming out of that prism is what we're seeing. That's how important the revelation of Jesus Christ is. Start praying for your relatives, not to get right with God, but to get a revelation of God. Help them to, un- oh, I'm telling you folks, intercede for them. Intercede for this city. Intercede for this county. That people will get a fresh vision of who Jesus Christ is. Because that's the, that's the thing that God is going to show everything through in Jesus' name. Can you say Amen. It's powerful, folks. It'll give us a throne vision. It'll give us a tabernacle vision, praise God. This is what will happen. And we can just not even go there anymore, praise God. I'm not, I'm not even going to that throne without Jesus being on it. And boy, you're going to find that your overcoming power has increased a hundredfold. I'm serious folks, it'll, it'll, it'll do it. Jeremy do we have uh, the video, can you go ahead and, and, t- and put that on? Would you do that? I almost forgot that tonight. I wanted to preach tonight. You don't know the stuff, half the stuff that I wanted to tell you that I didn't tell you tonight. Go ahead.
1: God said, let there be light and there was light. Yes. Now the light that He created and spoke into existence took place before he created the sun the moon and the stars so we know that the light that god spoke into existence is a different light than comes from the sun the moon and the stars yes it is a light that is above that light this is seen again in the conversion experience of saul of tarsus the bible says that he saw a light that was shining above the brightness of the sun When God said, let there be light, it's an interesting statement. The word for let there be is actually the word haya. That's the same word that God spoke to Moses from the burning bush. When Moses said, who shall I say sent me? He said, haya, I am, I am hath sent you. It means to exist, the self-existent One. So when the lord said let there be light he was saying i am light the light that filled the earth in that first act that first spoken word of creative glory that light is the identity of god the identity of god is the light that fills the whole earth it's the light that lighteth every man that cometh into the world and it is the light that Shines upon us as we receive salvation as we receive his Holy Spirit as we have an understanding of the power of his name He said I am light When that light begins to shine in our hearts The glory of God is what is shining in our hearts and it is the identity of God That is the light so to walk in the light means to walk in the identity that God has for himself and for his people. We are his children. It is in his authority and it is in his purity and it is in his glorious grace that we walk. The Bible says, walk in the light as he is in the light. And that's what it means to walk in the light. Walk in the identity of who your God is. Knowing him, knowing his plans for your life, knowing His purpose for you, walking in that, never being ashamed.
0: I believe in, in um, you know, we talked about here a few weeks ago the um, havens of rest. In the Old Testament, God provided cities where people who had gotten themselves into trouble could go. I won't belabor that. But I believe in the New Testament, God has allowed churches, groups like this, to begin to raise up. Where people can come into these groups and they can begin to grow and they can begin to see what God's purpose is and and all of that type of thing. And all of you have been a recipient of that. That's why I'm telling you right now nobody shows up here by accident. Nobody. I don't care who it is. You might think it was. You might think it was somebody playing games with you. That was God. God leads us in the light. And that's why you and I are extremely important in this city, praise God. Not more important than God, by the way, but we are important because we become the light. The Bible says, as he was saying there in John 1 and 7, it says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, it says, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanseth us from all sin. That's why when you are born again, God literally invites you to the light. That's what happens. And that's why it's, a, it's an important thing that we get that revelation of continuance. That this is not a one and done. This is not, well, I'm going to go off on my own and have my little kingdom in the mountains someplace or wherever else, my job or whatever it is. That we are going to maintain the kingdom of God and walk in His light. Let me give, give you one last thing here. And this is in revel- one last thing tonight. Okay. and this is the fact that one of the things that's going to be removed when God, when God comes onto the scene is the fact that the curse that came on this world you know as a result of sin is going to be removed And it's going to be powerful. In the 22nd chapter of the Revelation, it's the last chapter in our King James Version Bible, it makes a statement here that I want you to see. I'm just going to read the three verses, but you can read this whole thing for yourself. The Bible says, and he, this is a vision again that he's getting, he said, showed me a pure river of... Of, of, of water, of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. Do you see where it's coming from? It's important that we see that. That the reason it's pure is because it's coming from Jesus. The reason it's pure is because it's coming from God. Amen. The word pure in a lot of instances and the word holiness can be used interchangeable. Literally. God is not trying to make you look like some freak show here in this world. He's trying to help you to become pure so that you and I and our life can shine in a way that it never ever could without His help. And that's why unregenerated spirits can't do that. They can come up with good programs. They might be able to build some pretty big buildings. They might be able to accomplish some pretty good goals in this life but they're never ever going to be able to do the things that God wants them to do. That's why this is not some option. This is the plan that God puts. And so he shows him this proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb and in the midst of the street of it, in verse 2, and on the either side of the river was there a tree of life. There it is again. Thank God. It says, "...which of twelve manner of fruits and yielded her fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there, And there shall be no more curse." I love that. It says, but the throne of God. It goes back. That's the reason there's going to be no more, no more curse is because of the throne. And who's on it? It says, and the lamb shall be in it and his servants shall serve him. You and I have an absolute awesome destiny that God has helped all of us in this place, probably many of you online, to already see. And the only thing I can do at the conclusion of this tonight is encourage you. Come on, keep walking in the light. Keep making Jesus a priority in your life. I don't care how bad the battles get, and I'm not here to be unsympathetic to your plight, but I'm telling you something, we must resist this. And we must keep coming. We must allow God to add things to our life like nobody ever can in Jesus' name. Now is that a desire that you have? Why don't you stand right now and lift up your hands right now. And let's ask the Lord for that. Come on, put it in your words.